why why is it I, I just feel like every time I'm on this this podcast, like this the strap on conversation quotient just goes way up. I love it though. <laughs> like it makes me so happy. <laughs> it's, it's what happens when queers get their platform. <laughs> Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanny Show Torture Cinema. I do believe that is the Martian translation for It's called Ghost of Mars for Christ's sake. Why would people take this movie seriously? <laughs> I'm Alex. That's Sean. I'm Becca. And on today's show, we'll be discussing 2001's Ghosts of Mars, written, directed, and scored by John Carpenter for some reason or other, which are uh, Patreon supporters selected because they're absolute monsters. I mean, honestly, I read the lines that I'm given, but actually, I don't believe that you guys are monsters because I at least enjoyed myself. So thank you for having me watch this absolutely ridiculous gem that is the first on-screen kiss of baby Jason Statham. Is it his Was first it really? kiss? It is! It's so cute. Oh. And yet gross. And yet utterly disgusting. Because gross. his character is awful. His character, I mean, I look, small, Not small, great. small thing though. At least he asks for consent. It's true. You know, he's still like that. sexual harassment lawsuit all over the place. I mean, it, it, it could have been much worse. True. So. That's true. Yeah, no kidding, because we've watched some stuff. <laughs> All right, but before we get to what we're drinking, our summary, our painful review of the film, and all that stuff, a friendly reminder, we want to hear from you. Share your comments with us about this and past episodes at skiffyandfanny.com slash listener suggestions. We're working on a mailbag episode, so we need lots of stuffs. And uh, I know for a fact quite a number of people were there for the live Discord chat about this movie, so I know you have opinions, so send in your likes and dislikes. Go for it. Do it or else. All right, and on that note, what are you drinking, Sean? So I made a mistake, which is I, I was trying to figure out what I could do with the remaining Honeycrisp apple juice that I had with the alcohol that happens to be inside of my cabinet. And mm. I thought like, oh, like lots of different kinds of beverages are like use bourbon and, and like apple cider and stuff and it'll be tasty. So I went and stuck rye whiskey. <laughs> That's okay. No, 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 not no. the same thing. I, I was, yeah, I was like bourbon. Okay, rum, rum would be pretty good. Rye? Are you? I, I, you're not a mad genius. You're just. Are you a college you student help. who's got like ten bucks left? Because that sounds like that sounds like a college student who's got ten bucks left. Is it rye whiskey from a plastic screw top bottle? Yes. <laughs> He is a college student who has so, 10 bucks. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I rest my case. There is that and uh, Angry Orchard and Honeycrisp Apple with uh, two cinnamon sticks that have not soaked worth shit. And so there's no cinnamon flavor anywhere in this. And uh, already having drunk some of it, I can tell you that uh, this is going to be an interesting podcast. Sounds I like see. fun. What about you, Alex? Well, I mean, I thought Becca was going to go first, since some of us know how to read a script. But I will tell you that I, too, am drinking something Apple-related. I'm having a snow-capped cider. 
Gold Rush, Ooh. which is a blend of English and French cider apples. Wow, it actually tells me the kind of apples. I'm not smart enough to read these names. It's fine. It's co- But it's a Colorado-grown cider. It's quite delicious. That sounds yummy. Yeah, get your local cider. But you say Colorado, does that mean it's like grown, like there's an, a cider tree? Because yes. if so, I want Absolutely. that immediately. Yeah, yes, you go to the cider tree and you pluck cans of cider <laughs> directly off the tree. Yes. What a gold mine. Well, that's why it's called Gold Rush. Mm, there you oh, go. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Making connections. So what about you, Becca? I am drinking a very nice hard root beer from Aldi. It's called Big Ooh. Brother. Is it watching you? Big Brother's watching me drink this alcohol. Quite nice of him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, literally, if your cell phone is in the room, so. Yeah, but, uh, just well, saying. yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The NSA knows what you're drinking right now. It also knows what you're drinking, Sean, and it's very disappointed in you. It is. It's very disappointed in you, and it needs it needs you to, you know, get a get a grip on yourself. I'm sorry. Get a grip on your alcohol <laughs> cabinet. The NSA is like texting you from a from a blocked <laughs> number right now, going, Sean, Sean, this is what rock bottom looks like, baby. You need help. <laughs> now let's, you know, go for the main event, I guess. Talk about Let's what Ghost of Mars is. <laughs> John Carpenter's nice. Ghost of Mars. Yeah, sure. Well, go on, Alex. What is the plot? So the plot of Ghost of Mars supposes a future where Mars has been colonized and is mostly terraformed and is run by a matriarchal society. None of these things actually really have a bearing on what goes on. I think John Carpenter just wanted to make like a heavy metal zombie movie and decided to put it on Mars just because it was sillier. So the entire idea is that there's a bunch of mining colony or little mining towns on Mars. And one of them, they dug up what looked like some kind of tunnel made by an alien by or tunnel made by alien people. And they accidentally open it up and a bunch of quote unquote ghosts come out and possess people and basically make them look like, like basically characters that listen to heavy metal music from a Jack Chick track circle, circa like 1984. The heavy metal zombies want to murder everybody and chop off all their heads because they're the spirits of the deceased Martians who consider humans to be the invaders. And into this, you have Ice Cube, who is playing Desolation Williams. That's his name, right? Yeah, 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 you got that right. Uh Uh-huh. Desolation Williams! He's like a criminal who um, gets caught with a bunch of decapitated bodies and, of course, is blamed for murdering them, but it turns out it's the heavy metal zombies that murdered them, so... Like, a little police squad gets dispatched to take him and bring him back to um, the main city, but instead they find the heavy metal zombies, and, you know, it's mostly at that point, it's like, um, what is it, Assault on Precinct 13? Like, it's just a bunch of, like, people in some honestly pretty decent prosthetics, mostly, going, ah, and then getting shot. And that's pretty much the movie. Almost everybody dies. There's a nuclear explosion. And then the end of the movie is like Ice Cube, who has found these amazing chromed SMGs, like tossing one to the surviving police lady and being like, let's go murder some zombies, which I will get into that concept later because it is amazing um, for this movie. (laughs) It is. I agree. uh, Yes. An amazing plot device. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
Yeah, I think that's that's an accurate summary, Alex. I agree. That was a good one. I, I don't know any of the characters' names other than Desolation Williams, and I know that baby Jason Statham is Jericho just because he's baby Jason Statham, so I actually cared. I don't- his name is just Jason. I don't care what character he's playing. His name is Jason. In everything. Well, oh, okay. Now that we're we're basically becoming the Jason Statham podcast, maybe we should move on to our likes and dislikes. <laughs> Well, tell you what, why don't I just go first, because this will be easy. My life is Jason Statham. (laughs) Because my theory is that every person has, like, one actor that they just love. That is like, you have a spiritual connection to this actor. And you will watch any fucking garbage they are in, and you will love it because they are in it. And for me, that is Jason Statham. And so I I enjoyed this... Because it was it was baby Jason Statham, and I love him, and the only person I've ever met that loves him more than I do is my friend Gav, who, like, you know, is, is more of a fanboy than I could even hope to be, and has seen some of the movies that I still haven't seen. So, like, it made me happy that he was there. It was weird that he had hair, but, you know, it was okay. Also, you noticed his biceps were, like, not nearly as big around as they are these days. I mean, this is one of his first movies. I think before this, all he had was uh, Snatch and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. And then, like, before that, he was, like, a background dancer in some video shorts, which is just amazing to think about. I'm picturing it in my brain right now. Thank you. (laughs) I'll have to go look that up. No, if you look it up, one of the roles, he is literally silver-painted dancer. And I'm like, I want to see that. (laughs) So the interesting thing about Jason Statham in this movie... And we have returned to the Jason Statham Stan podcast. Welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, He originally was going to play Desolation Williams in this until, and I shit you not, they decided (laughs) they needed real star power and went for the thespian himself, Ice Cube. (laughs) Okay, but see, I initially, I read that fact too, and I was like, initially I thought it was funny, and then I was like, no, actually, considering at that point, all the world had seen Jason Statham in when he wasn't painted silver and dancing in the background was Snatch and Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. I mean, you know, they're, they're like cla- kind of classic fave cult movies now, but I don't know how big they were at that point. They weren't very big. He was not a name. Like, it would have been a huge thing for him if he'd been the, the lead, but Ice Cube was a way bigger name than him at that point, which is amazing. Uh, that's my that's really my point of the, of reading that fact out is is less that I recognize Jason Statham is definitely not a household name at this point, but the idea that they they decided Ice Cube was the person they they thought would have the sufficient star power for this movie is really hilarious. Not least of all because uh, Ice Cube is possibly one of the worst actors in cinema. He's only done one movie that I would argue he is good in, and that's Friday. That's mm-hmm. it. Friday. That's the only movie. And just the first Friday, none of the dumb sequels. None of that shit. Jason Statham at least can kick you in the face. What can Ice Cube do? I, I mean, he could rap, but he never raps in his movies. Yeah, and I mean, he, he's definitely he's not the actor that Ice-T is. Yeah, Ice-T can actually... I honestly would like Ice-T in this. You know, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it. I am a dedicated fan of Law & Order SVU. I love Ice-T. He's good on that. He, he, now all he I can pulls think of is off. the John Mulaney skit. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be honest. This movie would have way more gravitas if it had if it had Ice-T in that role. I mean, to be fair... The movie like, would yes. have way more gravitas if it had any skilled actors. 
Besides baby Jason Statham. No, Pam Greer is in this. For two seconds. Yeah, she's in it for like 13 and a half seconds before her head gets cut off. She's the captain of the, the like, Mars space crew. She's the, mm-hmm. the, the, the lesbian captain. Correct. I actually, I was appreciative of that, other than she was, like, sexually harassing her underling. Yeah, and here's the thing. Pam Greer, not good in this movie, and gets really not a lot to play with here, and oh, is no. not... I would argue very well prepared for the physical nature of the role that she's playing, which I will blame on John Carpenter. It, and yet also is only in this long enough to have her head cut off. So, I mean, it's a John Carpenter movie. Most people are only in it long enough to get messily murdered. I, I mean, not a bad thing. I guess I will note that, that when you say the movie would have had more gravitas if blah, I do not think that what John Carpenter was going for was gravitas. Oh, no, absolutely but not. But we have gotten off track once more. So no, no, Alex- no, that's the point. That's the point. No, no, we don't stay on track. This movie doesn't stay on track. It keeps going to fucking flashbacks. It's the flashback inception. Yeah. God damn it. I mean, we're, we're, we'll get to that when we get to the dislikes. But like, yeah, anyway, baby Jason Statham, it was lovely to hear his dulcet tones, so to speak. Uh, you know, at least, you know, a- a- after sexually harassing his co-worker at least he asked for permission to 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 kiss her so and get his first on-screen kiss so bless good for him and then i mean i i did notice that that of the crew he was the only one who we didn't get to see like get beheaded or whatever they he just gets like pulled under a pile of zombies and repeatedly stabbed so he could still be alive dun, on dun, mars dun, sequel dun, ghost dun, dun, of dun. mars 2 son of ghost <laughs> well, I mean, they definitely did try to set it up for a sequel. Oh, God. So The audacity. The audacity that they thought there might be more. <laughs> Actually, so since we're still on Jason Statham and being a little like... So this is where I want to pr- propose that this movie is actually sympathetically linked with the Doom movie. Oh, I was waiting for that reference to come out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it's like... Portal to Hell, Heavy Metal Space Zombies, you know, similar concepts, and then the linkage between them, right? Okay, so Ghosts of Mars, you have uh, Baby Jason Statham, and then Doom, I want to say, wasn't that one of The Rock's first movies? Yeah, it's pretty close to one of his first films. He still, he did Scorpion King before that. So we've got Jason Statham and The Rock, and then much further down the road, now Jason Statham and The Rock have been brought together by the Fast and Furious franchise. So what what it is indeed symbolizing is that Ghosts of Mars and Doom are perhaps like the same movie taking place in parallel dimensions tied together by Jason Statham and The Rock and their their brotherly love for each other. So basically you're saying the entire cinematic universe is just an extended Hobbs and Shaw cut? Yes. I will accept that answer. I'll take it. What's interesting is that in a lot of ways, this film is just like a discounted version of Doom, which is saying something because Doom's not a great movie. What's weird to me is like John Carpenter says that he made this movie intentionally to be campy. And I, I don't think he understands quite quite how a campy movie necessarily works but i'll I'll give him credit for at least at least what he went for sort of kind of he nailed it with the ending that is the one point i will give him he nailed the tone that he was going for with the very last scene yeah with with that with the like the chromed smgs and the leather coats yes correct and them doing the like bit about her not wanting to be a you know, a bad guy and him not wanting to be a cop. Like, that was hilarious. That was perfectly on brand. Exactly what I would have wanted the entire movie to be. 
but it wasn't. Yeah, it needed to be, like, the entire movie needed to be that unserious for it to, like, the joke, for the joke to have landed. Also, like, if he wanted it to be campy, he needed at least one drag queen. I needed more, he needed it to be more of what it is. Because, like, I think what he thought he was doing with camp was, like, I'm gonna have monsters with absurd uh, prosthetics. Also, I just wanted to note, there is a note here about the language in this, that supposedly there was a Martian language in the movie, which I am calling absolute horseshit on. There was not. It was just a dude going, Those extras were told to make random gibberish. Apparently the prosthetics were so bad that it made it so that he could only do the A vowels, which, okay. (laughs) But, like, it just seems like he doesn't quite understand, like, how the campy... Like, the, the big part of the camp is, like, there needs to be, like, really good witty dialogue that, like, is kind of, like, little puns and little funny bits. But there's not a lot of that here. I mean, Ice Cube has, like, eight and a half lines in this movie. Oh, the dialogue's terrible. And it's and, terrible. and not terrible in a fun yeah. way. It's just terrible. No, it's it not just good. badly written. And it bo- bothers me because I think you're right, Becca. That end scene is kind of the tone that he really was going for, and it almost seems at that moment that they might have a rapport, you know, as the actors, like they they've got a good uh comedic timing. It almost seems like it's there, but it's like three and a half seconds at the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's really disappointing because I would have loved that movie. I know I would have. Oh, that yeah. That would have been way more fun. It would have been like the trash we all deserve. Yeah. Like if I'd gotten the sequel of just them fighting their way out of the city with all of those like quips and back and forth and tossing guns to each other, it would have been fantastic. But yeah. that's not what I got. Instead, I got, you know, a red gypsum mine and bad script and just, you know, people sticking things through their skin. Which is fun. You know, you, you can do that on a summer vacation. Well, so, you know, I mean, we're, this is supposed to be like, so now you, so one of you needs to do a like, because. Well, that's, that's up to Becca. Becca, go for it. Give us your like. I, I did actually genuinely like the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. no. No. Sorry. I don't want to steal it from you, but like. No, I, that's not a like for me. <laughs> oh, it's not. It's not a like. I thought it was the one thing that gave the movie, like, any sort of differentiation from, you know, just being another crappy film. Like, Well, I mean, I feel like the soundtrack is what made it feel like Doom. Like a Doom yeah, movie. Definitely. Yeah, because it's got definitely. that, uh, like, late 90s, early 2000s, like, everyone thought hard rock was in. It's meant to be a heavy metal soundtrack, and it delivers. No, it doesn't. Okay, come on. Okay. Just the mere presence. See, I'm going to join with Becca on this one because the thing is, the soundtrack is workmanlike and does what it's supposed to do. As much as I would love to hear any of those kings shred for like 10 minutes straight while I headbang, that is not the function of a movie soundtrack. Exactly. It perfectly accentuated the story. Well, maybe not perfectly because the story wasn't perfect at all, but it accentuated the storyline really well. And, you know, when you take a look at what the tracks are named... You know, you just, you got to admit that having a track named Pam Greer's Head when you (laughs) decapitated Pam Greer is just really nailing it on the hip. Just, mm, yes. Perfect. Also, it's John Carpenter. Like, if you don't like the soundtrack, was it really a Carpenter movie? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. well, look, John Carpenter has made way better soundtracks than this. Uh, That's, but that's not the question that I'm posing or the thing that I'm saying. Like, 
I just, I think the soundtrack was the one thing that I could say, you know what? Yeah, that was good. Even separate from the movie, with the movie, good, good. Everything, just, I can look past most things and just listen to the heavy metal and headbang and everything will be okay. <laughs> I think it's important to note when we say the the giants that are named here, who we mean are folks like <laughs> Steve Vai, Anthrax, uh, Buckethead, who at least for metalheads is pretty popular as a really exceptional guitarist, uh, Stone, there are some other people here as well. And I think the thing that I find most frustrating about the soundtrack is like much of this film, it feels to me quite lazy. Uh, th- there are moments when it's just like, like uh, I think like Love Sea- Siege is like literally just a thing where it's like the same riff over and over for like three straight minutes and nothing else is going on. It just feels like like I paint by numbers music to me. And I appreciate, though, I will give you this, Becca, the name of the songs is Perfection, because... <laughs> There's a song called Kick-Ass, like There's another one called, called Dismemberment, Dismemberment Blues. Blues. You yes. can't tell me that the man wasn't on something when he was naming these tracks. I think that captures the, better than the film itself, that captures the camp that he was going for, is the name of these songs. But agreed, I just agreed. why bring why do you need Steve Vai for like just like a, a simple chord progression? Why not? Like, if you can't get the best of the best, what's the point? I could play the riffs in this fucking movie. Are but you could kidding you play me? them? But 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 could you play them as well as Steve Vai? Wikipedia calls the man a virtuoso. Okay, but this was made when he broke his hand. Like this is like <laughs> when he had one hand to work with. This must have been when like that happened because there's no other way. I have like. Two gulps of this root beer left. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> We're only 20 minutes in, 28 minutes into recording. Like, Correct. Correct. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess I have to give a like, and that's really going to be a tough, tough call. Well, look, <laughs> I'll give this movie one iota of credit for the fact that Keith David does the narration at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> That's the only thing that I'm giving this for, because I fucking love Keith David. The narration is what gives you the wrong impression of the movie in the first place. I don't even remember the narration, to be honest. And I just want to note that I was so wrong with that fact. It's only on the trailer that Keith David is the narrator. I was going to say, I was like, it didn't, there wasn't fucking narration unless we watched two different versions of no there was there was a woman narrating in the beginning it's it's a woman narrating it was the same woman who's like the head of the council i think right yeah i think it's the same person so really my like is not about the movie so you can't even give this movie an iota because it's not even in the movie sean the movie i am appalled you know what because your like sucked so much i'm gonna give you a second like i loved the fucking practical effects in this movie I love it whenever John Carpenter is like, let's sever somebody's head, just because, with, like, flying sharp and circular saw blades. Why the fuck not? I fucking loved all of the, like, dismembered limbs. It was amazing. (laughs) It was so John Carpenter. I I will just note that Ice Cube has nominated this as his worst movie he has ever been in. Almost entirely because the budget for special effects was so low, they couldn't do any of the things John Carpenter wanted. Okay, but but I will give you this. The makeup people 
on this, the makeup artist on this movie had a ton of fun. And I will, I'm just, I'm happy for them. I'm not super happy that I got to see somebody pushing, you know, a steel rod through their face. But like, kudos to them for making it look realistic and awful. I mean, this film deserves some credit for having a fairly small budget, not being able to do all the stuff that they wanted, and trying to do the best that they could with with the the minimum. I mean, like, this is a film that clearly was set up as having a, a bigger effects budget. And they obviously couldn't do it, although they basically blew $28 million, like, making a gypsum mine red for some reason. But And only made yeah. half of that back. Yeah. <laughs> I, they probably got a rebate. You know, I certainly well, uh, do you get a rebate when you pour thousands of gallons of red food coloring over naturally white gypsum mines? Do you? Anyone want to start off with what their dislikes are? So my dislike, like I get the movie was supposed to be extremely campy, but on a on a script level, the entire concept of these ghosts is so fucking stupid. I just cannot. (laughs) It was, in fact, horrific. Because, so, listeners, if you have not watched this movie, this is what you need to understand. These these quote-unquote ghosts are released from this mine, and they jump into people's bodies and possess them. But apparently they have some kind of physical presence because it's hypothesized that they can blow around on the wind, and it's shown several times that they, like, cannot go through airlocks, which yeah, is fine. Yeah, they look sort of like a red fog Yeah, like, so that's that's fine. That's the rules that they've set up. And so, like, it is established. Once they figure out it's ghosts and they've got the scientist lady telling them what's going on, it is fucking established that if you kill someone that is possessed by one of these ghosts, the ghost just comes out of them and goes and fucking (laughs) possesses someone else because you can't destroy the ghost. So their solution to this is to murder everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And not just murder them, not just murder them, to set off a nuclear bomb. I was going to say, they shot everybody, and when that didn't work because the ghosts just kept coming out of them and possessing more people, they did decide to set off a nuclear explosion from a reactor because, I don't know, we're, we're theorizing, like, a nuclear explosion will destroy these ghosts? I don't know. Instead of, like, you know what actually would have been interesting with this concept is being like, oh, now we need to figure out how to, like, capture all these people in an airtight place and then wrestle with the idea that we're going to have to kill a bunch of people by putting them in an airtight mine that can never be opened. And, and, and the thing is, at one point, like, at least once, I think it was twice in the movie, someone actually points out, wow, so if you kill them, the ghost will just come out and jump into someone else. And then the next scene is someone, like, shooting the, you know, it's the, the blonde lady with the short hair shooting the guy in the, the the prison cell. And I was just like, really? And there's not even a clear reason, because he's not saying anything. He's just looking at her weird. Yeah, he's just being weird <laughs> and creepy and, and trying to grab her. Women like- deal with that a lot, I'm, I have to say. Like... But he's locked up. He's in a prison cell at that point. So, like, he's not hes not by any measure a threat. He's an old man. He's in a prison cell. He literally can't do anything except stare at you. But go yeah. ahead. Shoot him. That, that was, like, so dumb. And then, of course, the ghost comes out and jumps into blonde lady with longer hair. 
And, and so their solution to that is like, oh, well, I guess killing her won't help, so we'll just put her outside. And but they Jason, give her her drugs. I was going to say, and then baby Jason Statham, for absolutely no reason whatsoever, is like, well, let me, let, let's send her out on a high and gives her some drugs, and that makes her puke the ghost out. So... <laughs> Another another missed opportunity because it would have been like, oh, okay, so the entire populace just needs to be fucking high all the time. All the moral right. of the story is just to take drugs and you'll resist demonic possession. <laughs> right? Drugs are good, okay? <laughs> I, I was just like, John Carpenter, I mean, even if you had camped it up, I would still be mad about this because this is stupid. Like, she doesn't even get, like, a really nice trip. She just was like, get out of me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what she did. She was like, no, I won't be taken over by you. Yeah, see? And she, like, fights it off. I don't know why she became a 1920s gangster, but... <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> You're welcome. I think what cracks me up about this one particular sequence is the fact that it's such a, pl- a plot contrivance that they could have easily gotten around because she takes drugs at the beginning of the movie, so clearly they want there to be a through line. But why don't they have her take drugs while she's, like, super stressed out from the fact that there's, like, a weird ghost plague that's killing everybody? And then have her high when she gets infected. And then she goes, oh, the difference was that I was I was high on this stuff, and here's some of my stash bros. Yeah! That would require a level of self-awareness that this film does not possess. This film wants us at one point to think drugs are bad, because both the main character and one of the side characters do drugs, and both of them are noted as having a problem. Although, to be fair to the main character, she doesn't cut her own finger off. That other guy does, because I guess that's how you cut open a can of whatever bread or whatever that is like what is what is I that honestly like don't remember anything about that oh he, it's he literally the, uh, one of the women is like trying to open it and he's like oh like mamacita let me do it i think he literally says mamacita to her because of course and he goes to like cut it open but he's like taking some sort of aerosol stuff that makes him so high that he cuts his own finger off and the movie just moves on like that was not a big deal was that why that happened? Yeah, he was high. He was oh so high God. he couldn't. Yeah. Okay, this movie just can't get its messages straight. I don't... Mm. No, yeah, like, is are drugs bad or are they good? Which one is it, movie? I mean, perhaps he's trying to signal that they, they, they are both bad and good, depending on the situation, but of course nothing ever happened. Ah. She was just like, cool, I was high and I fucked... I fucking spat out a ghost. Back to shooting all the people that are full of ghosts. I really thought you were just going to say fucked a ghost. <laughs> I almost did, but I stopped myself. <laughs> and I fucked a ghost. I feel like this movie would have been more interesting if someone had fucked a ghost. But... At least it would be like Alien Resurrection, right? Like It couldn't have made yeah. it any worse. Yeah, I mean, except for the part that like the fucking one alien just goes, ah, da, 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 like all the time, which, no offense, but that would ruin the mood. <laughs> <laughs> I have my dislike, If unless you would like to go first, Sean. No, go for it, Becca. That's fine. And I like I like going last. What I really, really hated and just thought was completely unnecessary was the flashbacks. Oh, God. Yeah, the structure was a mess. There were so, like, every single second of this movie was basically a flashback, except for the very end. The last scene that was actually campy and good was the only scene that wasn't a flashback. Are you suggesting the very beginning is also a flashback? Oh, well, no, not, well, I guess that's not a flashback. I mean, it's not literally, but it basically is. It basically is, because because I really only consider that last part of the movie good. 
<laughs> Fair enough. So, like, it's one of, like, I mentioned this in the live chat uh, when we were watching it that night, that it was basically just, like, Oprah going, you get a flashback, and you get a flashback, and you get a flashback. Everybody gets a flashback! Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you want you li- you said you liked flashbacks, so we put a flashback inside a flashback to go with your flashback. Like... There were, this movie was just so many unnecessary flashbacks. It's so bad. So many. There was absolutely no reason to structure it like, and now this lady is going to tell you what the, you know, the story of how she came to be handcuffed in a train. There's like, like all we needed was the little voiceover to be like, this is the situation on Mars. And then you just follow the team and it just goes straight forward. And then she comes back and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there was no reason for it. It w- I just, why? Why would you write this? It was just such an awkward way to frame it. You introduce us to this panel of serious looking people and like none of them had any bearing on the movie. So why'd you start out with them? The only way the flashbacks work is if the action sequences are the real draw here. And they're not. But they're not. I mean, John Carpenter is a lot of things. He is not an action director. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But then then maybe he writes it, but he doesn't direct it. Because <laughs> to me, it, it seems like this movie wants to be a horror movie, but also an action movie and obviously a science fiction movie. That is also campy at the same time. And also campy at the same time. But like you can do that with an action movie because even John Carpenter says he wants to do like an homage to 80s action movies. Well, no offense, but, like, 80s action movies had, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone in it, who, like, at least Arnold Schwarzenegger could, like, pop a human skull with his bicep, but, like, that's not existing. Like, no offense, but, like, Natasha Henstridge it's not popping someone's head like a zit. That's not happening in this movie, so you don't have any of that, like, campy physicality of the action here. Most of it is, like, the, the, the zombie alien ghost uh, people are just, like, throwing... For some reason, they just have an unlimited supply of, like, saw blades that they throw. So many saw blades. That are so super sharp, they will instantly cut your head or arm off. (laughs) Like, these people are Olympic-level discus throwers. Right. Like, if anything, we should be sending out an ambassador to these people and being like, hey, you want to come to the Olympics? Like... Yeah. It's... mm. It just doesn't make sense. The majority of their $28 million budget was spent on red food dye and strawberry syrup. And, and saw blades, because they probably blades. had to throw, like, at least 300 to get the shots they were looking for. So many saw blades. Yeah, but they colored them red, so they lost them in the gypsum mine. Fuck. <laughs> Little known facts <sighs> about Ghosts of Mars. You're welcome. All right, Sean, what's your dislike? Oh, boy. This movie. Well, look, we've talked about many things about this film that are not great. Uh, and some things that, you know, we disagree on, and that's okay. And I will just say that I did not enjoy this movie, per se. And and one of the things that I really dislike about this movie is the very fact that Ice Cube is in it. Because Ice Cube is absolutely dreadful in this film. There is a moment in this movie, I shit you not, listeners, where his brother, we find out, has been brutally murdered by the, the ghost Martians. And Ice Cube's response is, that's my brother. And that's basically the level of emotion that we are given in that moment. There's no like, 
dialogue to tell us anything about like their relationship it's just like it's a thing that happened and ice cube read a line off of a cue card and it drives me nuts because in order for this film to even work i have to like the characters that are in it and literally the only character i like is technically jason statham which is not fair because his character of Jericho is is a creeper who just like sexually harasses women all the time. Yeah, it's it's not even that you like the character; you just like Jason Statham because you're a human being with eyes. Well, I mean, he he at least of of the people in this movie, at least like he went into his role and really gave it to the role. He like, did. He did have the most disgusting lines, and he <laughs> went for them. He did. Really, really hard. And you gotta admire a man who can say that shit with a straight face. You know, insert my my deep, like, the hill I will die on here is that Jason Statham is a much better actor than anyone ever gives him credit for. Because, I mean, he's incredible. And it's just because he's just, it's, you know, all of his acting is in his physicality. So he was doing the best he could with what he had here. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a lot to work with, but, like, by comparison to almost everyone else in this film... He's at least animated. Right. Like, you feel like that's a person? He's at least a character that I recognize. (laughs) You believe it that every every squad he's been in, and he's probably been in, like, a dozen before he got kicked out, right? He is absolutely hit on every single woman that is on that squad. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It doesn't matter about their their sexuality. Like, he's, he's, he's testing the waters everywhere he goes. Whereas Ice Cube, it's like, you're you're literally a dude named Desolation Williams. You have, like, a, a Western character name, and, and there is nothing in your performance. I don't even believe you're on Mars right now. Yeah, we really get nothing out of his character other than his name. Like, that's it. Yeah. That's the only characterization in his name. He doesn't even have the audacity to pretend that he cares about his own brother. John Carpenter just had a really great idea for, like, a Western baddie's name. And, you know, he did decide that this was, like, his last movie before he left the film industry for, you know, 10 years or whatever. Right. He quit Um, after this. And so he he (laughs) took the opportunity to use the name. And I understand that. But it was a bad choice. It's not good. I'm sorry. I know people like Ice Cube or whatever, but no. No. I mean, honestly, I'm just trying to imagine what this movie would have been like if they had left Jason Statham in that role like he'd originally been supposed to be. It would be a little bit different, I think, tonally because of just how Jason Statham acts. But we wouldn't be complaining about the character named Desolation Williams right now. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Jason Statham could definitely sell me on being someone named Desolation. Right? You could almost buy... Yeah, he's got that face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. He could pull that off. Right? And and it's weird to me because like this film actually has at least one person who is known for having some talent and yet seems to not use any of the talent that is there or at least gives people who are arguably much less talented at least sufficient direction and lines that at least help them play off of it like natasha henstrich is not a great actress by by any kind of like stretch of the imagination I mean, she was in species for fuck's sake like she that there there isn't a lot to her over but i will take it as a good sign that i don't recognize what that movie is it is not good it it's is not good, not she good. basically she's an alien and then she it's just like a, a a desperate attempt to get a model to be naked is really what that movie's about unfortunate 
Yeah, I mean, you get a full frontal nude shot is basically what that film's 90% about. I mean, there's also murder in it, but, like, whatever, who cares? Like, that's not why anybody watches Species, to be honest. I'm just, I'm gonna pass on that movie, I think. I think Yeah, it's not good. good. Yeah, it's, it's, don't, just love yourself, don't do it. (laughs) That scene. I wouldn't say that Natasha Hendricks is bad. She's not great in this movie. She's, but she's fine. She's okay. Yeah, like, I, I think a lot of it comes down to the dialogue. That the like even Pam Greer, like Pam Greer can actually act, but yet she is given dog shit for dialogue in this movie. And I think that's like the number one problem is people that maybe they're not like upper tier actors, or whatever. But if you give them good dialogue, like they, if they'll they'll pull it off and it'll be interesting. Like Jason Statham doesn't need to fucking recite Shakespeare to me. But if you give him some really good meaty dialogue that lets him kind of get physical with his character, I'm all up in it. But this film just drops it oh it, it drops it totally i mean the only other like honestly the only other char- like actual character that i felt at all interested in was the scientist lady yeah, yeah she was actually like a decent character <laughs> yeah but i mean at least i felt like you know i was kind of like oh what's her deal and then you find out her deal and you're like oh you killed every you cause you're causing all of this and you killed everyone cool all right yeah that explains why you're being kind of squirrely yeah that tracks yay evil scientist her amazing lesbian hair. I loved it. She did have really good hair. She did have really good hair. <laughs> She's in like a giant air balloon that she she puts together last minute to escape it all. That was extremely weird. Yeah, that looks like a professionally put together, you know, air balloon. Except for the fact that she was in a tiny basket with no securing fasteners or whatever. <laughs> And then when it crashed, it was just so strange. Also, I just want to note that the opening crawl of this movie tells us very explicitly that they've like 84% terraformed Mars, and yet it looks exactly the same. Exactly. Like, the only difference is apparently that the air is breathable. Sort of. You still have to use a breather, although that's wildly inconsistent, too, because sometimes they wear them and sometimes characters don't. And it's like, okay, but like, is the air breathable? What's the deal? Yeah, I mean... Like, it felt like a movie that was really out of its time, because, like, when I watched it, I also got, like, a super, like, Total Recall vibe off of it, other than, I mean, Total Recall, the original one. We're not talking about the dog shit from, what, 2012 or whatever it was. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, just... Yeah, it it never existed. And and I was like, oh, this feels like Total Recall, and then I was like, wow, Total Recall happened ten years before Ghosts of Mars. But it has, like, that that vibe, like, that 1990s action vibe to it. Except Total Recall is, like, a million times better because it actually is campy. And owns it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It knows what it is. It really knows. Yes. I wonder how much of this is partly that they just didn't have the budget. Uh, Because, you know, like, Ice Cube, and I think even John Carpenter has talked about this film as, as, like, they wanted to do all this stuff. But they just didn't have the budget to do it. And I wonder if he had the budget, if he could have pulled it off. I don't know. I don't think so, because, I mean, it'd be one thing if we were like, wow, this looks like dog crap because the budget sucked. But the problem is not the budget. The problem is the script. Yeah, the script's bad. Like, the structure is terrible. The concept is not fun campy. The concept is just like, why? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I I could pitch you another way that, like, the concept of that actually would have, like, made more sense. 
is if they didn't know at first that when you kill someone, the ghost leaves and can take somebody else over. So then they can spend the whole time killing like an entire town full of people and are like, oh good, the zombies are gone. And then it's like, oh no, oh shit, we just like released the souls to go possess other people. Like that. That is a way that you could have played that. And now you have to like fight your own team. That would have been a better movie. That would have actually been like some horror there. We did not get that movie. I mean, this movie has so many problems. I mean, even like the sense of space here is bananas. Like there's literally a whole sequence in which Jericho, a.k.a. baby Jason Statham, is like literally within sight of the, the ghost possessed people and is banging on a metal door and yet is not yeah. seen. And then he's like, no, they didn't see me. You were literally running on a, across a flat street while they came down the hill behind you. It's very weird. It like it has no concept. And like that's an editing problem because you could have solved that easy by just not editing it like that. That's really it. Like you just edit it better so that there's clearly a more sense of distance. But this film at all times seems to have no concept of space. And which is wild to me because it's literally a wide open space, right? Because when they go into these towns, it's these very tiny, like little villages. And then it's like wide open nothingness all the time. And yet this film has no concept of the space that they actually exist in. It it feels claustrophobic in a way that yeah. makes no sense. It really does. Yeah. Because you're always in these, you're always in tiny buildings with, you know, j- jail cells or dead bodies. And then when you are outside, you're running to another tiny building or train. Right. And and yet also the, the Martian ghost people don't find out that they're inside the buildings until like almost the very end. Really? Is yeah. It, like, yeah. did they not search the buildings? Like, like, I need an explanation. Like, is it that they like maybe are superstitious and they think that the buildings might bite them or something? I don't know. I mean, they're in a noble alien intelligence that apparently just wants to scratch off its own skin. So I don't know. I mean, mm. yeah, that also like there's no explanation. Like, oh, it's it's ghosts. It, oh, okay. They like body modifications. Yay! Also, it doesn't make sense. They're all upset that like the humans of the invaders, like y'all were dead. Uh, like I think they well, didn't okay. know that they were dead. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you before you get to the part where you're asking ghosts as a horror movie phenomenon to actually have like, <laughs> logic behind what they do. They're fucking ghosts, Sean. I expect reason. Damn it. <laughs> We're, they're not libertarian ghosts who operate only on supposed logic even though they're just justifying their emotional decisions with post hoc rationalization. They're fucking ghosts, Sean. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's your there's your tagline. They're fucking ghosts. <laughs> they're, fu- they're fucking ghosts, Sean. <laughs> this is the laziest bullshit for a a a conlang i've ever seen since tyra banks's model land well no did you see that though where it's like they they tried to come up with something and then the guy couldn't say it because like the the stupid like the prosthetics yeah implants he had to wear were like so big he couldn't form words i think that's bullshit i think that's absolute horseshit no i see i believe it i was like no there's no way you could actually talk with those in your mouth it's not gonna happen they took up their entire mouth like also, no. I, I enjoyed his fake like um pierced like man boobs oh my god his there's yes. like lots of weird stuff with like pier- there's like a woman with like she put two human hands over her boobs to like hold her boobs up that was like Look, a whole thing too that looked very supportive and i don't think you should be criticizing what anyone needs to do <laughs> to keep the girls from succumbing to gravity 
That's a fair point. I am so sorry that I have done that because you're right. Martian infested human bodies need support. To use the resources you have. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, you can't see the motion I'm making. Never mind. <laughs> you're propping them up. Lifts and separates. I'm probably also, I think we're making the same motion, Alex. I feel like I've seen something on Tumblr of that before, and I can't say that I would be displeased with it. I I mean, I guess it would work. I just imagine if the movie had hit it big, like, there could have been all of this tie-in merchandise. There would have been a Hot Topics, like, (laughs) human hand fucking bra. Yes! (laughs) So comfortable. <laughs> you would have gotten a hot top and there would have been a ghost of mars fucking dildo like that would have been the i mean i want to know jesus i want to know what kind of hot topic you're shopping at i was just at a hot topic in the mall of america what? like a couple weeks ago what? i shit you not they have sex toys oh in my there. god what has happened to hot yes. topic it got sexy is what happened. There are sex toys, there's lingerie, and there's all the other stuff you expect in a Hot Topic. I mean, I'm just going to say as somebody who has bought clothes from a Hot Topic back in the day, and they were, I did not find them to be of high quality. I would not necessarily go to them as a sex toy. Oh, gosh, no. It's probably like novelty sex toys where they're like, it's a dildo, but with vampire ah! fangs. <laughs> it's Pickle Rick. <laughs> We call this one heavy metal. <laughs> Look, I didn't inspect the uh, the merchandise, as it were, so I can't tell you about the uh, build quality. Uh, I just I just noticed that it was there and realized what section I was in, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to maybe oh, continue moving on. <laughs> oh my god, in the Mall of America, what the fuck? I was I was surprised. I'm not gonna lie, like in the Mall of America. I never thought that Hot Topic would be that store. And honestly, and though, yet. are you really surprised? Like, you've been to a Hot Topic like, like, no, in no, the early times. I'm not surprised. I'm just, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. No, see, I am surprised because to me, Hot Topic was always like, you know, the, the under 18 goth on a budget. So I, I, I feel like... Oh, I just, mm, I don't know. I'm not feeling too comfortable with that. Yeah, they're they're selling, you know, they're selling the dildos next to the neon cat pins, you know? I mean, you can get a Pickle Rick mug right next to a dildo. Yeah. And they're both of the same franchise. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if there was a Pickle Rick dildo. I can't believe that there's not. Uh, it would not surprise me if that is, if you couldn't get that. Like, I mean, okay, I just went to the fucking Hot Topic website because i just want to see if this is the thing i just want to note that they sell a fucking captain america shield waffle maker (laughs) and you're telling me there's also dildos are you serious do they have dildos too not so far that you know fine we'll just type it into the search (laughs) welcome to torture cinema where we answer the hard questions okay well i'm sorry but the the hot top you know you can get like bondage pants on a budget at hot topic but they say it is there are no matches for the word dildo on their site thank you i will just correct myself it was spencer's (laughs) i literally said i would expect it out of a spencer's if you listen to my recording i literally said spencer's i told you i know you're right spencer's is very different from hot topic 
which makes much more sense because Spencer's has always sold those things. For the record, I also would not recommend buying sex toys from Spencer's either. Correct. Yes. Please do not. I would not recommend it. Not great for your health. But I, I... I still can't say that I don't see Hot Topic selling those things in the future. Yeah, I mean, that seems like it's a thing that they would do. Also, I just want to note that it's probably not so bad at Spencer's because at least you can get a lava lamp vibrator, which, you know. No. I mean, okay, so I I will note that I I did go to the Spencer's and they actually have a naughty section. (laughs) Just like right up there and, and... I mean, is this where the is this where the normies go do their sex toy shopping? This is sad. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the Mall of America, that's probably the only place you can get sex toys. Presumably. I they they're actually they also have strap-on harnesses. I mean, they're actually fairly serious. I'm I'm more impressed than I thought I'd be. Ah, good. Huh. So for all of your uh, sex toys and strap-on needs, uh, just go to Spencer's in the Mall of no, America. No, please please just go to an actual please, yeah, like please adult focused store yeah i mean that's probably for the better yeah why why is it i I just feel like every time i'm on this this podcast like this the strap on conversation quotient just goes way up i love it though (laughs) like it makes me so happy (laughs) it's it's what happens when queers get their platform (laughs) i mean all we want to do is talk about pegging (laughs) i I mean i Ghosts of Mars, a m- another film that would have been greatly improved by the addition of strap-ons. <laughs> they basically already had the clothing for it, right? Like, several of that was leather and, or like, it looked like leather, whatever. Leather and strips of fabric, like, you could easily make that into some sort of harness. Like, if he had, that's the camp we needed, was just, like, the the fucking alien leader just going around, like, with a bunch of people in harnesses. <laughs> yeah, going back to what you said earlier, if, you've, if you'd added some drag to this movie, it would have been fabulous. I, I'm just gonna pitch you on, like, the supposed Martian matriarchy when baby Jason Statham start, starts hitting on whatever her name is, the blonde lady with the long hair. What if she'd been like... Well, okay, but we're going to do it my way. And that's when the strap-on comes out. <laughs> I would pay to see that. The The thing that would have held that back is really just the, the rating system, the MPAA, because those fuckers would have misread that and thought, oh, this is NC-17, and then the film would never have gotten made. So even if they filmed it, they would have had to delete it. Maybe I'm going to believe in my heart that they did film it, and it's out there somewhere. It's in a director's cut somewhere? I mean, there is no, if this is a fucking matriarchy where the lesbians rule, there is no way that there aren't, like, strap-ons. Like, ugh. <laughs> I, love, I love the interpretation. They're obviously They le- have to lesbians. be. You, you cannot look me in the eyes and tell me that Pam Greer was not playing a lesbian. Oh, God. Oh, Pam Greer 100% was. was. And then yeah. the blonde with the bob cut? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Didn't give a second yeah. look to either of the two men on the team. Yeah, well, I was going to say the blonde with the bob cut. I mean, I, I definitely think she was more a lesbian, but that is also a well-known bisexual haircut. So also true. She could have gone either way and just the men sucked. So she had no time That's for so them. True. And Pam Gert is 100% a lesbian in this movie because of the one piece of dialogue that we get in which uh, Henstridge says almost point blank is uh, when she's talking about being high on the drug, she says, oh no, I, I am like 100% straight. I don't know what the exact line is. And Pam Greer says, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and-, yes. and like, if you look at the top that Pam Greer is wearing and the triangle cutouts, 
she's gay. She's she's gay. There's no. I mean, and and like I, I will say, you notice I didn't complain about that because it was functionally a lesbian sexually harassing her underling. Mostly because immediately then they were like, yes, and then Jericho is just going to sexually harass this woman too. And I was like, yeah, oh, it was okay, coming from all equal ends. opportunity. Sounds fine. All right. It's just that kind of movie. Okay. <laughs> Let's circle back. Let's circle back to some regular shit. Uh, <sighs> moving past our, our dildos at Spencer's and all kinds of other delicious things. So, Alex, if you would be so kind to give us your final thoughts and your grade for this film. So my final thoughts were, I didn't hate it. I actively love Jason Statham in everything he's in. So it got a big boost because of that. The rest of the movie was super meh. I mean, honestly, what I want to know is what this movie would have looked like if John Carpenter had gotten to make it like super campy. Like he'd realized that whatever subtlety he was trying to pull was just not working because it needed to be like a ridiculous you know, blood spurting everywhere fest. But alas, that's not the movie we got. And we can only grade the movie we got and not the movie we wish we'd gotten. So, I mean, mostly it's just really meh. And I, I'd, I'd almost be inclined to give it a D, but it had baby Jason Statham in it. So it actually bumps it up to a C. A full C? A full yeah. C? Damn. I love that man. <laughs> wow. And no one faults you for it. Okay, so final thoughts. This movie was, as much as it wanted to be good, it was just boring. I wish I could, you know, say that as a person who likes, you know, B-movies, like B-trash action movies, I wanted to like this, but I I just, it didn't follow through enough on what it wanted to be. <laughs> so I would give it a C-. minus. Because I do love baby Jason Statham, but everything else about this movie just belongs in a garbage, like in a dumpster. (laughs) I just... That's fair. I can't. I think that's a totally fair grade. Also, would either of you like to fathom a guess at the Rotten Tomatoes rating for this movie? 90%. Oh, it's gotta be low. It is a 22% rating. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Unless that That's has all been... the Jason Statham fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I do believe it 20, is. 22% of 22. Jason Statham fans gave it a 100. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. It's actually down to 21% now. <laughs> Just because we talked about it. The Statham <laughs> hive was not, like, you know, powerful enough. Oh, boy. Sean, final thoughts and thoughts on your grade? Yeah. So. Uh, I I did not enjoy this movie, but I give it credit for not being the worst movie from this period of my life because that that definitely goes to Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which is one of the worst things I've ever watched in my life. So much Oof. so that I have not been able to finish it yet because uh, it's so goddamn bad and that will be a torture cinema film at some point. You're welcome. Uh, this film, not great. Terrible dialogue. I enjoy the idea of using saw blades as a projectile weapons, even though everything about the action in this is poorly done and Ice Cube is absolutely god-awful and terrible. And Pam Grier is criminally underused. And it has no sense of space. And also they ruined a gypsum mind to make this movie. Basically, everything about this I really don't enjoy. I, there, and there's also- plenty of gypsum in the world. It's fine. Yeah, it's, is it's there- fine. I don't know. Actually, yes. Yes, there is. It is a plentiful mineral. Is it? Okay. Well, I 
I won't take it back, but I will reconsider my position off podcast and then not come back to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. Fair. That's fair. Anyway, so for my grade, I'm going to give it a D plus, which puts us at, by the way, a C minus average, which is an uncharacteristically high score for a torture cinema film. I mean, it was just boring. Like, we can't really say anything horrific about it. And it had Jason Statham, so... It was just... Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today for Torture Cinema, everybody. Uh, if you'd like to let us know what you thought, again, go to skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions and use that little form. Follow us at Skiffy and Fanty on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the newsletter run by Stephen Geigen Miller at skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter. Also, if you love what we do, please support us at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty where you get access to the Discord. And also, if you're at $3 and up, you can join us once a month for the Discord live chat about whatever film it is that you vote on on our Patreon because that's one of the things you get by being a Patreon supporter. If you love the show also, please five-star review on iTunes. We are trying to get to those 50 reviews. I think we're at like 35. I don't remember what the number is, but please get there. As for me, you can find me at Sean Duke on Twitter, SeanDuke.net, and Patreon.com slash TheJoyFactory. And I have been Alex Axe for you. You can find me at Katsudonbury on Twitter, AlexAxe.com, that's A-L-E-X-A-C-K-S, and Patreon.com slash AlexAxe, where I mostly talk about TV and movies and books. This We are currently watching Resident Alien, which is super hilarious and alan tudyk is a gift and if you go there right now there is a public post where you can see how much i fucking hated tenet because it was awful (laughs) oh uh and i've been becca evans you can find me on twitter at becca e 96 uh and i also do accessibility work and social media for strange horizons magazine well, on that note, I need to make it awkward now, and so I just Are we want... just going to go back to talking about Dildo Yeah, let's Spencers? just go back to Spencer's. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I absolutely will not, Alex, wear a strap on the next time we do Torture Cinema. Uh, <laughs> I see no reason not to. <laughs> you might be wearing one right now, and I wouldn't know. Because if I start might moving around, you'll hear it bang on some shit. That's how... <laughs> There might already be a Pickle Rick dildo on its way to your door. (laughs) Awkward ending and scene. You're welcome, citizens. You're welcome. We do our best. If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or skiffyandfanty.com, our website, where you can get access to all of our fancy things. Our music comes from Holy Mole. You can support him and his work at patreon.com slash holy mole. Thank you for listening. <laughs>